When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dundermiff Then the people purses paper people Dundermiff Then the people purses paper people Dundermiff Then the people purses paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, Sean Roney, a.k.a. Mr. Balance. And I'm Edwin James, sportscaster on Channel 7. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Stop grabbing my penis. Grow up. (laughs) Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we'll be talking about Pam's Replacement, Season 8, Episode 7. Then we'll go to the conference room for some ordinary things, some stories from our life relating to The Office. And then we'll finish up with some listener-provided trivia sent to us by Jasmine. Uh, To start with a little bit of housekeeping, our store, mspcstore.com, is going to be open till the end of June. And then we are looking at going in a new direction for merch, some exciting stuff that we will announce uh, Mm. later. Uh, But uh, but But the, the store was feeling a little like, Coming Christmas 2002. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. As soon as we figure out what Moe's did with the wires, <laughs> yeah. we'll be we'll be back in business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we have you know some some crew neck sweaters on there, some lots of uh, mugs with everybody, uh, all the characters drawn by the great Ryan Lloyd. Um, so go and check that stuff out. MSPCstore.com. Uh, you have until the end of June to get that stuff, and then we'll have some new exciting stuff uh, later. Um, okay, so uh, let's get into today's topic, which is Pam's replacement. Edwin, why are we talking about this episode today? So the decision to kind of cover this episode today came out of us. There was a Patreon question about Pam uh, from our, our this our last month's episode. And coming off our Michael and Donna episode, I it was an episode that I thought to watch. Uh, it just seemed like one that I wanted to dig into again. And short of doing a full profile on Kathy or her time in the show... I thought it made sense for us to rewatch just this one episode because when I rewatched it, I really enjoyed it. And I'm curious to know what you guys think as well. Hmm. It's uh, Season 8 of The Office covers a lot of bigger questions. It begins kind of with a lot of, is Andy really fit to be manager? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, ends with the Florida arc. There's like so much that goes on in this episode, I think, is just like a very unique little piece right in the middle of Season 8. It is. It's a, it's a, this kind of, there's a three episode run here. Because I feel like the list through Garden Party is kind of its own little arc of like Andy mm. getting Robert California's trust and like uh, uh, people accepting him as the boss, settling yeah. into the new boss. It kind of takes those four episodes. And by the end of Garden Party, when they're, you know, cheeseburger, you know, they do the thing with him after they see him and his dad interacting. And like at that point, it's like, all right. Andy's good. Let's let's go. Uh, and then after this three episode run, you start. You get into Mrs. California, Chris, and then you're into Christmas. You're into trivia pool party. That also feels like the kind of start of the rest of season eight up in, or up until Florida. Mm-hmm. But this uh, spooked Doomsday, or sorry, Doomsday, Pam's replacement, and Gettysburg are all kind of treading water a little bit in season eight. Like it's between these sort of major different. Uh, plot arcs i'd say and this one right in the middle it's it's a really interesting episode i definitely have some thoughts uh i'll say just just off the top i i kind of did not enjoy rewatching this mm. there's some there's this episode just rubs me the weird way just like oh. white is rubbing jim the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding um yeah i uh you know um I think it's an interesting episode too, in that we kind of take a we're almost taking a break from Andy being the boss. It seems like, mm-hmm. and we'll talk more about that. But um, uh, and then uh, an interesting uh, new bit of drama for for Pam and Jim. Um, definitely, I thought there's some 
some really funny moments that I had oh, forgotten yeah. about. So I'm, but uh, yeah, as, okay. al- as always, the disclaimer. I love it. I'm just uh, yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but we do a podcast about it. So, yeah. well, this is. Know. This is Pam's Replacement, Season 8, Episode 7. It aired on November 10th in 2011. It was written by Allison Silverman and directed by Matt Sohn. Um, it opens with... Uh, it opens with... Uh, we get... Uh, what, what's the cold open to this one? <laughs> this is... This is... This is Andy trying to do a very call. Michael Scott move of just like... Come in with a fake call. I'm going to impress the client by rejecting mm-hmm. that call. And uh, boy, oh boy... It goes off the rails fast. This is a this is a nod uh, back to um, uh, the deposition uh, when Michael tried this uh, this same gimmick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the inverse, of course, being that Aaron is is almost improving the whole thing and making him commit to all these choices that she has made um, with the fake phone call. So, I mean, she yes. interrupts the phone call and tells him that his his mother has passed, and they have to kind of react on that. Yes. I mean, there's obviously, you know, the yes ending is, 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 the, is the foundational rule of improv. But in this instance, what happens sometimes with improvers is what's called pimping, which is when you just start knowing that the person on stage with you has to keep yes ending you. You keep raising the stakes to insane levels and making them do crazy stuff because they can't say no. Like, that's pimping. And this, Aaron is unknowingly pimping Andy in his office during Big this time. Meeting. Big yeah. time, and then she's recruiting other people too. I, she's yes. like, she's really yes. created a scheme here. Uh, I I think we talked about Dwight times that Dwight and Aaron team up. I forgot about this <laughs> yeah. one. It's a good one. Dwight gives her gives her a little wink. Um, I'm so and, sorry to hear about your mother. My deepest condolences. Yeah, and then uh, she's even recruited Daryl on on line two. I love. Yes. I love when uh, Andy's like line one, and she's like line two, and he's like just kind of like rolls his <laughs> eye, like what is going on? This is this is post whistleblower Daryl, so he's just like Andy, you don't want to do this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. don't don't pull that thread, man. Mm-hmm. And then the the noise that Andy makes on the phone. Ugh. <laughs> I don't think she's dead. Yeah. And then and then Aaron's like she's dead. Like not only is it's not like it's not like she's in the hospital. It's she was hit by a bus. Like she's <laughs> so she's, graphic. She's definitely dead. Yeah. Oh man. Uh and, I, yeah, and just having Daryl on the phone like not seeing him in the office talking, it's a lot funnier just cuz you get his voice and even cutting him off of like it's called karma. You don't want to be messing around. I got an uncle, and that's what he hangs up. I want to know that story. Kind of a, a recurring thing, too, is when characters explain things to Aaron, she she nods like she understands, but she clearly does not understand. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Like, they're explaining something again and again to her, and she just doesn't pick it up. Like, I, that, that dynamic, especially when she's sitting at reception, it happens a lot, I think, specifically with oh, yeah. Andy. But, uh, but yeah. Well, the, f- the first scene ends with Andy trying to explain, and she's just like, I don't get it. And then finally she's like, copy that like she's all in i got it and boy oh boy that was that was really great uh anyway good good cold open i will say that the beginning of that cold open as as andy walks up to aaron at reception that feels about as far away from the pilot as i can kind of imagine within the actual Mm. office so Mm. outside of an an actual physical location like tallahassee or whatever is when they're in the office just andy walking up to aaron at reception feels so far away from the pilot of the show with pam and michael yeah in terms of the colors the characters the interaction uh Mm. it just it was something that kind of uh stood out to me even though it's textbook office in terms of like the joke and how it unfolds yeah Mm -hmm. i mean yeah we're literally repeating a scenario so i mean maybe this is uh is is the writer's being like let's let's like compare and contrast let's look at how the show is different now um you know because of course in the deposition pam gets it she plays it perfectly cool just the way that michael wants it and the comedy just comes from the hiya buddy hot dog mm-hmm. on the post-it um but uh of course uh aaron just full-on blowing it <laughs> is a great new way to uh to uh not blowing it at all in her mind She's no, no. Kicking ass at this. Yeah. Kicking ass, yes. <laughs> Please hold all my other calls. Oh, Thank so you. <laughs> uh, it's re- super weird how that guy just sits there and is like, oh, you should take this call. <laughs> like, I would definitely leave at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, do this another day. Yeah. Uh, but the great cold open. Um, of course, I think the, the, the 
the main topic of this episode, main storyline of this episode is Pam's replacement. Kathy is coming to fill in because Pam is is very much nine months pregnant. Any minute now is going to give birth, and so they're training someone to fill in for her. Um, and uh, Kathy's hot. Seems like everyone agrees except for Jim. And Dwight. Or, sorry, sorry. No, no, Dwight definitely agrees. Dwight, Dwight agrees. definitely agrees. Scientifically yeah. agrees. Uh, That's true. But he agrees with Pam that Jim is yes. lying. Yes, yes. Um, super weird. I, I mean, the the ensemble is is uh, fully formed at this point. Uh, we get a lot of commentary from just about everyone. Um, super weird scene in the break room. Uh, everyone saying it's just you know nice you know aesthetically speaking to have someone young and fit in the office. I like how this is like everyone's playing this as like they're you know we're not saying it's just nice to see someone hot but it's nice to see someone <laughs> hot in the office it's like it's still an inappropriate conversation what are your what are your thoughts on this it's just it's just odd it's, it's just, just super odd. weird i don't know maybe it's just that it's toby and oscar kind of leading that charge and then mm-hmm. it doesn't help that you have gabe throwing in creepy little comments <laughs> like gabe stuff made uh, me laugh <laughs> yeah, it's so funny though it's like probably a drug dealer you know get her hooked on cocaine uh <laughs> And then like, oh, yeah, or about how it's like, yeah, it's one of the most common fetishes. It's pregnant. It's just like, Gabe, God, you're such a you're so such gross. A kid a at school. Like, get out skeleton man kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Toby doubles down, too. You know, what would be even hotter than Helen Mirren. Pregnant Helen Mirren. <laughs> I love I love when Dwight comes off the top rope like he's been sitting in the back the whole time. And Reading he a just book. Can't he just can't stand. He can't stand for this. Yeah. Uh, very similar to uh, where he's sitting in his posture when he's describing the apocalypse and, mm-hmm. you know, Jim being a warlord's jester. He's kind of like got this spot where he's like, you guys are, don't know what you're saying. Um, le- leading to this comment, which I love. That's right. You're fake salivating over a Soviet era Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Miranoff. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh um, but yeah, it it tees up. See, this is this 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 scene is a good example of tease up. Like, I didn't quite didn't quite enjoy this episode very much. Uh, it just mm. it gets it starts off after the cold open, which is great. This scene, it just kind of is. I'm already like, this is weird. Like, it's an odd. Th- Why is everyone acting this way? Everyone's very strange. And then uh, we we haven't talked about the B storyline with the band, but and we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, this whole story then devolves into this weird. What I thought was this the weird Jim and Pam back and forth trying to like entrap Jim and they're all just like dancing around this this sensitivity uh during their work day. Yeah. It's I mean I I I like it for a couple of reasons. Like I like that um you know, I think it works for a couple of reasons. One is that Pam is obsessing, right? And and you know, maybe you can say okay, well she's very pregnant, she's very sensitive and so She's she's kind of obsessing on this. And then, you know, it it makes sense that Jim would say, like, I'm just not I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And what he doesn't realize is he's just driving the obsession even further. Then you get Dwight involved and it's a, you know, recipe for disaster. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, sorry. no, no, no. Go ahead. I, I, and I agree. It's kind of a, a weird topic to kind of have them, um, I guess dance around but i just the the power of the pam dwight team up for me i just i absolutely love it like pam is pam is kind of convinced and i think to your point kind of obsessing about this one point and then she gets a partner in dwight who's so kind of absolutist in his approach he's stopping nothing don't fall in love (laughs) that like she she, they just kind of um there's a lot of synergy between the two of them as they push at jim dwight loves a covert conversation leaning against a vending machine. Yeah. <laughs> all of they all start that way. Um with him like acting like he's not like he's not talking to someone, but he is. And he approaches this uh espionage assignment with the same fervor he would do for literally anything. Like it doesn't matter the <laughs> task. He is just he's just very uh he's itching for these kinds of assignments. In that I love the, the when they go stand behind Creed so that they can watch uh, secretly, and they go, they, they, they go like we're not here, and they hand him a to- Toblerone, and he's like, "Who said that? How'd I get this long triangle? <laughs> How'd I get this long triangle. I 
love that Creed is <laughs> he plays along without skipping a beat. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. That's just what he does. Who said that? <laughs> sure thing, boss. He's always he he's just right away. He doesn't need he has no follow up questions ever. That strikes that that moment in particular sounds so feels so similar to me with uh Darnell's a chump. I've done a lot more for a lot less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but but yeah, just uh the 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 way that the way that Dwight sets the table or like to to Pam of mm. uh yeah you were most attractive he's very specific you're most attractive when you were 24 with a slight gradual gradual decline and a steep drop off when you first got pregnant gradual recovery and well now obviously you're at an all time low <laughs> Pam reacts hmm. like she's just like yeah that's a very accurate reading of of maybe how she felt about herself as well um. And then yeah. well, I think she's, Jim's I know lying to me about not being. It's like you know Jim's lying. Uh, I don't place this on Pam. I place this on Jim. I have a huge issue with Jim in this. Uh, maybe mm. that's just different of how how I am in, in relationships. But it's like <laughs> it's so much worse to do that. Like mm. it's okay. I don't know. I, maybe it depends on who you're with. But uh, maybe maybe it's just because like when Ann and I are watching movies or someone and she's like she's salivating over like Daniel Craig or someone you know and it's like it's it's fine it's just like yeah that of course that dude's hot like if Daniel Craig walked by the street you, go get him like go get him hun yeah um, so you're saying that when you're watching these movies Ann will ask you if you think Daniel Craig is subjectively attractive and I say yes <laughs> yeah I say, that's hot <laughs> and I hit him back with a Rachel Weiss, you know that's 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 my Daniel Craig I uh I love the line where Pam says, yep, that's the Dwight I need. Because Dwight, his his presence in a lot of these episodes seems to vary. Um, mm-hmm. Whether he's stepping back or stepping up. The Doomsday episode, I think, which precedes this, is the same sort of thing where he's like kind of all in, ready to go scorched earth on everyone else in the office. Um, mm-hmm. Versus, um, I think it's the incentive when he's making brownies in the kitchen. There's mm-hmm. like... Uh, there's just like different levels to Dwight. Or he, like, in this post-Michael era. And... Uh, like I love this version of him teamed up with Pam. Like Dwight, as you mentioned, loves his covert operations, but he needs a partner for it to kind of, I think, yeah. be at its best. Him and Toby uh, investigating or something like that. Like he, him and Pam in this instance. Or him and Pam again in the vandalism episode in season nine. Um, yeah. They, uh, there's fuel to the fire. Him and Andy well, catching a predator. Yeah. <laughs> or Dwight trying to catch Donna in the act of cheating. is <laughs> all like, very comparable to this one for sure. Mm-hmm. And really uh, doesn't have a good plan. So, so first, so first, you know, Pam, Pam goes to Dwight, uh, and then, of course, much like much like how they uh, they go to Ryan and Kelly when Michael's trying to figure out if Don is cheating, <laughs> uh, they go to Kelly for like, hey, how do we get this out of Jim? You came and to she, the right person. <laughs> yeah, she she's like, well, you could do the matchmaker test, you know, and she's like, here's here's how you do this. I love. She's like, you have to follow your intuition, Pam. You don't want to end up like Elin Nordegren. Actually, what am I saying? You wish you had her life. No offense, Pam. That Kelly is, is uh, Tiger Woods' uh, wife. Oh, I yeah. Had to, I had to, look to which Dwight up. says, none taken. Answers for Pam. <laughs> Kelly is so funny in this episode. And, and that parallel, I think, is what made me want to watch this episode after our Michael and Donna uh, episode. I think Kelly is really funny in this episode with just a few lines, um, specifically <laughs> here and then again when they follow up with the matchmaker test. Um, yeah, Mike Tibbetts. I'm yeah. gonna write something mean on his wall. Yeah, that's a, that was a dated, a uh, very dated thing. But you know, that's <laughs> what we did at the time. Oh, I love her reaction. They look up Mike Tibbetts, and she's like, "Oh God!" Ah, like a ah, really yeah. kind of scared. Yeah. yeah. There, there are a lot of. I don't see what's so ugly about him. He's got the broad face of a brewer. There it is. That's one you of knew the. That was coming. Well, yeah, exactly. That's one of our. Uh, I think tried and true sort of references. The broad yeah. face of a brewer. Broad face. It's just, it's just, it's one of the funniest observations I've ever heard. It's so funny. <laughs> She's one of the plain hearty women of Scranton. But yeah, all, all, all of Dwight's kind of folksy, antiquated little like ways of thinking. Very much on display in this episode too, because um, as Dwight reminds us throughout this episode, like for him, this this is it's much more about biology than it is about society or even you know culturally it's just sort of like yes you are pregnant or you are old therefore i don't find you attractive kathy it's like you know like uh uh small waist big hips you know young like of course she's attractive it's just purely out of a out of a textbook for dwight um and that's sort of how he approaches this whole thing which is sort of what it's almost like that's what pam wants 
Jim to say about Kathy, but this all changes, of course, when Pam, when Pam actually observes the conversation of uh, Jim and Kathy and kind of making her laugh. And then why why is he making her laugh so much? This dynamic kind of feels like it. It feels like a maybe this is obvious a season eight version of a season one plot line or a season two plot line, mm-hmm. like office drama and intrigue, but definitely with the tone, like the broader comedic tone of season eight. Um, like, I think that that's the one line where, yeah, they like that adds a little bit of drama, a little bit of stakes to the whole thing. Why is he making her laugh so much? Um, and mm-hmm. like, I think that's where, that's where it becomes like a different, a different sort of thing as far as um, the investigation goes. It's it's a and it's a bit of a double edged sword situation because while I agree that it's like Jim, just be honest up front and being like, well, of course, yeah, she's like young, she's attractive, but that's not my wife. Like I don't know her. I know like you know you could, I think Jim could very easily be honest and it would be totally okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other part of that is it is a little different because it is someone that he's going to be sitting next to for a while while you're not there. Um, yeah. So I totally see where Pam's coming from, of just being like, just be honest, and then I. She's trying to just set a baseline for honesty, basically, for, for yeah. whatever's next. And on Pam's side, it's like if you if you go snooping too hard, like you're probably going to see or hear stuff you don't want to. Um, and in this case, I feel like when she sees Jim just sort of being his natural self, which is Jim's pretty flirty. He's pretty charming mm-hmm. just in general. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he can help himself with someone who's mm-hmm. uh, has a similar sense of humor. And it seems like Kathy kind of does so. Um, so yeah, he's gonna just sort of make her laugh, and and Pam sees that, and uh, it's not good. I think one other thing is that this is kind of the beginning of, um, I guess it's like a smaller arc or a different sort of storyline where that kind of continues into the into the Florida arc, which is Jim and Kathy or Kathy kind of making uh, moves towards Jim. You know, mm-hmm. so it makes sense a little bit that um, I mean. Jim being honest about certain things like that isn't necessarily a strong suit, so it doesn't surprise me. And uh, it just kind of leads more, I guess, drama or attention to, to where that storyline goes in the Florida arc. Because I think Jim, as he's written at least, was supposed to have – there was actually, I think, supposed to be like a cheating scene in Florida. And John Krasinski yeah. supposedly shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it feels kind of similar the right to call. the – it feels similar to the athlete thing in season nine where he just does he like won't tell her for whatever reason, you know? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think like, I mean, I don't want to like jump to the end of this whole thing, but I, I like the way that this episode, but I'm going to, um, I like the way that this storyline ends with, you know, the simple thing of like, Jim is remembering like to get the toothbrush for Cece um, which I guess Dwight is really the one who reminds them in the end, but it, it does kind of, and, and also that, you know, Dwight, uh, they realize that Jim has high blood pressure and Pam is like, Oh, well, you know, we got to go see your doctor. And it's like, it kind of like brings things back down to earth and is like, like we are in a very serious relationship. You don't have mm-hmm. to worry about me thinking someone's attractive, like whether I do or not, I'm still going to care more about, getting CC's new toothbrush like it's I think um, it's nice to see them as you know partners in the end um, over just a couple of small things really um, that you realize it's like that's that's way more important you know yeah it's, yeah, the it's it's well written to sort of bring real issues in at the end to be like what are we doing this is stupid let's, yeah yeah let's go home Pam says Dwight stop and that's kind of the end of it it's interesting that the the investigation just kind of deflects to something that's more important, yeah. like mm-hmm. Jim's health, and yeah. Yeah. like it's it's just interesting how that leads into the next episodes where you know as, as the Jim and Kathy thing progresses, um, mm-hmm. but I mean in between the the beginning of the investigation and the end at the pharmacy with the blood pressure test, we have Dwight's biological test. Um, where <laughs> this was we were called out where he goes for the biological yeah. test. I think we did a, a draft of, of physical comedy or something like that, physical mm-hmm. comedy moments, and and we got uh, we got told you know we missed this one, and I agree. This is this is a great moment. The, uh, the bloopers from the scene on the office, incredible. The bloopers from this episode are amazing. Like the, the, this episode is featured yeah. prominently in the entire blooper reel, but this is one of them where John Krasinski can't see with straight face. How could uh, you? Yeah. 
How can oh, I'm losing it? my balance. Oh, the way he falls with his hand up in the air. Yeah. And he and he keeps going back for like seconds and thirds. Like mm-hmm. he keeps yeah. he keeps pursuing <laughs> that that uh, that Jim Dong. Full on sexual harassment, <laughs> sexual assault almost. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then I love to just him like looking look, for that big tuna. Like, he's got his head down and he's just looking at Jim's crotch. And then just grabs a piece of paper and holds it. Just like he's reading it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he's looking that's... and then he picks up the paper. It's so good. It's so bad. And then Jim references it at the end. He says that he had conflicting feelings for a coworker today. But to be fair, uh, Dwight was <laughs> yeah. grabbing at my he was grabbing at my aggressively. Yeah, aggressively. Yeah. Well well acted in that moment. Uh also shout out to Dwight for before that moment when they're watching him from the corner. <laughs> Pam's like, maybe he just said something funny. And he's like, Jim has no discernible sense of humor, Pam. And he totally means it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love that. That's great. It's like just Dwight's world is so different from mm-hmm. everything going on. Mm-hmm. I need something to grab onto. <laughs> um, I love the idea. The, the, the idea to use the um, blood pressure machine at the pharmacy as a, as a, as a um, lie detector test is so funny to me. I don't even know if those things still exist anymore. Do they? Uh, I don't know. Maybe in a post-COVID world, I haven't noticed them. But I remember as a kid always wanting to put my arm in that thing. I was going to say, is it mostly mostly to test blood pressure or is it to entertain kids at pharmacies? (laughs) Yeah. It's just a mini jungle gym for kids. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I think they still. I don't know. I feel like they still have one at the at yeah. the at the Buy Mart. Buy Mart yeah, house, but... I like I like the old man being like, "You have to share the machine." Oh, <laughs> oh my God, the, that's a great the, one the time Dwight, role. The way Dwight treats the old man is so funny, and he's just so mean for no reason. Like, uh, are you all in line? Like, why don't you go check out the sympathy cards, old man? Yeah, yeah. Turns his back to him. <laughs> and then you have to share the machine. And then uh, he uses uh, Dwight uses the same voice that is Jim's impression of Kevin. Well, he's like Michael, uh, and he goes, yeah. he's like, well, that's what they taught me in nineteenth century kindergarten. <laughs> so mean. A couple of great one episode characters: the the, the old man and uh, the yeah. client from the cold open, who just says, yeah. "Oh my god." <laughs> yeah, I do like that. That's, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And then, and then one more kick on the butt out the door when he's when the old man's done. He's mm-hmm. like, "I have a new heart, you, you know. Do yeah. you really, Tin Man? Okay, we're, we're, we're. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let, Dwight. Let, let it go, Dwight. <laughs> it's, it's such a good roast, though. That's so uh, quick. Celtics were a great team. <laughs> Keep it together, man. <laughs> You're like a thousand years old. I think when, um, you know, at the, at the, in the introduction, I kind of alluded to enjoying this episode more than I had remembered or more than I expected. And a lot of that really comes down to the small comedic moments, kind of like you're referencing with Dwight and the Old Man. like, And a lot of them come through in this particular storyline. Kelly reacting to, uh, to Mike Tibbetts and the matchmaker test. Um, Dwight grabbing, the, gr- grabbing uh, Jim's crotch. The way that Pam describes how her coworkers are interacting with her. And mm-hmm. you have Andy with the phone hello, can I speak to Mr. Baby? Like, in the in the sort of, like, uh, montage of scenes that is going on during Pam's voiceover. Like, there are just so many really little funny moments that make up this episode, including the yeah. broad face of a brewer reference that uh, that comes, that uh, we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, this whole episode is sort of leading to this last, well, second to last scene, you know, where they, they obviously Jim's uh, high blood pressure comes up but that one starts with Dwight being like do you find Kathy Sims attractive it's like mm-hmm. it's all sort of led to this like Jim on trial moment with his arm in the in the cuff there uh, and the <laughs> at the end of that though the hardest I laughed by far rewatching this is just is just Dwight's still commitment even as Jim and Pam are leaving and being like we're gonna call your doctor like your dad has high blood pressure doesn't it worry you in the slightest that Jim is not his real name? Like, <laughs> the fact that Jim's high blood pressure meant that to Dwight, he was lying about every single thing that he asked him, <laughs> uh, including that his name is is not Jim. Amazing. He's like Don Draper from Mad Men. Committed, <laughs> I mean, Dwight. Yeah, Dwight. Dwight runs through the tape in this episode yeah. all the way to yeah. the end. Yeah, including hey, Cece's toothbrush. Yeah. Like he's a, I love he's that. just incredible. Like all the yeah, work he does so for good. Jim and Pam this episode. Yeah. That's cool. great. You know what's funny about this episode too, or this like it 
there are a lot of moments where the bullpen feels like it's way bigger than it actually is. Like they're they're gossiping about another coworker, like within earshot yeah. all Hell the time yeah. in this Easy. particular yeah. episode. Um, and it, granted, like that's the nature of the office, kind of as it goes on. Like you have all these bullpen scenes where everyone's talking to each other, and mm -hmm. they, you know. As Michael says, says, when is this in office where we get involved in everyone else's <laughs> interpersonal lives? Um, it, but it's just weird that, like, Pam can say, Oscar, Kathy has a question. And then as she walks, like, three feet away, she can turn to Jim and just kind of have, like, an open, yeah. gossipy conversation. Yeah. 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 It's TV rules. Uh, I, I mean, I also am just kind of curious if, like, if, you know, at what point did they decide that Jim wasn't going to cheat with Kathy or, you know, there wasn't was going to be some hint that they might cheat because I feel like this episode kind of shows us that Jim is not going to like, and I wonder if they were, if this episode was rewritten to tailor it to this storyline that he's not going to, or if they were still going to have them cheat after this, it just, um, I, I mean, I just feel like this episode ends with, like, don't worry about it. Jim is focused on his family. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and, and even if, you know, maybe it wasn't the right thing to tell a white lie, it seems to come from a good place. It seems to come from the right place that he's just like, I'm not going to, like, you know. I'm not even going to plant a seed. Like, right. I don't want the worst thing is that I say this and then yeah. we're not working together for months. And she's at home wondering. And yeah. she's like. Why were you late? Like, how's Kathy? You know, like, yeah, you just don't want. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like, we're not playing. But again, I'm saying that he's making it way worse by what he's doing. Probably, yeah. Is, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. You you could just be like, look, yes, like Kathy is is younger and is very attractive, but that doesn't matter to me. I mean, Versus this like, is yeah, duh, she's attractive. Like, yeah, but that that doesn't mean it's I'm not going to change her. That yeah. has nothing to do with it. Yeah, this is all. It's all very Jim, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, to your to your question, I think they left it very ambiguous at this stage. But then in the end, of, like the, kind of the real beginning that something could happen, I think, is at the end of Special Project. When Kathy says on the phone to someone, you know, she's like a supervillain. Yeah, Jim's <laughs> going to be there. Their marriage is yeah. not good. Nobody knows better than me. Definitely we will. It's three weeks in Tallahassee. What else is there to do? So why would you be attracted to someone who you know is like having a kid like right now? Like, it's like, that's so strange. It's, I don't know. It's People like, with baggage are so you know Because you know you're not supposed to. That's why, Sean. Because you know it's wrong. She's fetishizing. It's like, it's like, it's like Jan, you know? She's like, yeah. it's, 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 I know it's wrong. Yeah. Am I the princess or the queen? <laughs> both. both. I'm both, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I let's get into the other storyline. How about of this episode, um, which is this is mom's car is probably not a Nissan Z. <laughs> I do like touche. I guess. Yeah. Sorry. Just love that moment. I do love that. Uh, oh yeah, I guess I, you know I love also that like uh, the way it starts is with Ryan being like. Do you think Kathy's single? And Jim's like, I doubt it. And Pam's like, Why do you doubt it? Yeah, like, doubt huh? it. What? Oh, I uh, just, I don't know. I just figured we'd keep her safe from Ryan or something like that. Do you know? Okay, so you know what he says? He says, What's that? And I've been thinking a lot about that mm. particular phrase because Jim mm. says that a lot, specifically when Michael approaches him, usually with something ridiculous. He'll say, yeah. What's that? Like, and you're it's, right. It's you're funny right. I need to hear it like happen here as well. Um, yeah. Like it, it's always like Jim is working on something and Michael will say something crazy to him. What's that? Yeah. So, yeah. Just something to watch for. Yeah. You're right. It's kind You're of when he's right. when he's snapped out of like whatever attention he's in. Mm -hmm. It it kind of reminds says. me of a okay weirdo, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. just something that just mm -hmm. kind of pops up from time to time. But, mm -hmm. yeah. What's that? Mm -hmm. What's that? Yeah. Shut it. Mm -hmm. Shut <laughs> it. Um. Uh. But yeah. Anyways, let's get into uh, let's get into Kevin and the Zits. Mm -hmm. Uh. This episode. Um, I really like that we just kind of start out with, you know, they're they're a band. They've been doing this now maybe a few more times um, since we last saw them play together uh, when Andy was paying them like seventy dollars an hour. That's crazy money. But I mean, it's kind of nice, it, it, although. A little unbelievable that Daryl is pumped on on the band. Um, uh, 
but you know, I mean, Daryl really likes to play music. We do know that, so maybe that's all that's all that matters to him. But uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I this one three shot that they do, where it's the three of them all standing next to each other and they have like ear to ear grins, um, uh, talking about the band. It, it feels a little odd. Yeah, it's it's a very different Daryl from yeah Dar- Warehouse Daryl, who's just not ever that enthusiastic about anything. Yeah. Um, so I, on, maybe in some ways it's just growth on Daryl's part. But yeah, it does feel a little like, I I feel like I've seen Daryl make fun of these two guys in particular many times. And here mm-hmm. he is like, here he mm-hmm. is jamming with them. But I think you're right. I think it's just the music. I think he just loves the music. And uh, it could be, you know, just something to do. Or he's like, doesn't have to work. You go do that down in the warehouse. Uh Val's down there, you know? Mm-hmm. Daryl and Andy get a lot closer, I yeah. think, between season six and season eight. I mean, you think about, he met, he meets Jessica at Daryl's party, or Daryl's mm-hmm. cousin's party or something like yeah. that. Like They were the only white people. Yeah, so th- there's, like, I think more of a friendship there. There's the whole thing about what's an appropriate text message to send. Um, yep. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, I think there there there's scenes of, of Daryl and uh, and. Andy getting closer. And Kevin, they all play Dallas, they the board game together. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's season seven, yeah. Um, and uh, I think, so it makes sense that, like, they're a little closer. They're, uh, they want to keep playing music. Daryl does like playing music. The thing that stands out to me is uh, a little bit is that Daryl is so inclined to play music in the warehouse when, for years, he's like, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid someone will come down here and distract us and keep us from getting our work done. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like with Michael causing all this havoc in the warehouse, it's like, is he really going to go set down there and the just set up in the middle of a, the warehouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, as far as the storyline goes, I like how how this is kind of a fun, no-stakes storyline that just kind of you never have to really revisit. Um, yeah. But it's just kind of a fun, like you said, it's a like that grouping of characters, Andy, Kevin, and Daryl is always funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of feel like the Three Stooges a little bit when they're like, and I can't remember what Kevin says uh, that made me think that, and I tried to find the quote of it. But uh, uh, but then, of course, we get um, Robert California coming downstairs and interrupting this. Oh, I guess I, I'll mention, too, that Val is kind of watching them from afar and seems to, like, she says, you guys sound better than you look, and Kevin mm-hmm. says, hey, screw you. Yeah, <laughs> It's another Kevin being really tone deaf and really aggressive towards a female at work <laughs> right back at you bitch <laughs> yep that's exactly what i, I thought was i would upgrade about. to a new quality of man but then kevin has to be out <laughs> <Contact limbo. laughs> um but uh, then of course we get robert california coming down the stairs i love i actually love this like he- he's like i was just taking a walk what if i stumbled upon here a stroll. Oh, yeah. there's a there's a blooper of him like missing a stair and it's so funny because it undermines his like presence so much. Oh, and he has yeah. to go back and do it again. But it's like, what have I stumbled upon here? And then he actually stumbles. Like, that, <laughs> such a funny blooper. Oh, yeah. boy, that's great. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, then, you know, we kind of get uh, Robert California just totally infiltrating this and, and taking over this jam sesh. Um, Tambourine, you know I'm the CEO, right? Yeah. I, I do like it's that. Kind of it, everything you need to know. But then it, he's like, I play harmonica. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. That's a, a slight step mm, up even, from tambourine. Even less, even a smaller handheld instrument than <laughs> yeah. tambourine. He really yeah. steam. I mean, then he brings in all the other musicians. Granted, like, they're all talented musicians, but he just steamrolls uh, everyone, you know? I thought it was. I think this is another part of this episode that I think I don't like, which is. And, and I get that they. I get what they're trying to do, of course, but it, it, it just doesn't feel very realistic that these longtime musicians are going to have have no problem being like, eh, step aside. Like, let me play let me play your drum set. Let me like take that chord out of your guitar and give it to me um, so that I can show you up. It's it's just a strain. It, and like they don't they're not really playing dickheads either. They're not really playing like is that a song? <laughs> like those characters all dickheads, seem to be like dickheads. <laughs> yeah. Those characters all seem to be like nice enough, and yet they're doing this, which I think is like super, super rude. Um, well, to, to them, they it's like their friend Robert was like, "Hey, we're playing some music at my in my warehouse. Like, come on by. That's right. what they do." And they so all for them, it's like, yeah, sure. 
Well, they all yield uh, their instruments right away. And even um, Daryl says to Kevin, why don't we play that? Why don't we play yeah. those? Um, I mean, yeah. I think that was no their... one asked. Like, they didn't ask for the co- guitar chord. She just showed up and Annie was like, here you go. Like She just showed up with a guitar. See, that was their <laughs> choice, not the musicians. The fallacy is that it is up yes, to the steamroller. Steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> As with everything, Very yeah, it's good. probably a Very weird good. Robert California test. Power that he's trip, doing yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what a weirdo. Mm-hmm. They'll be talking about geishas long past their bedtime. Long past their bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Not a party if you don't do something that scares you. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, at least them just being totally left out. Uh, they go play uh, Baby I Love Your Way, and mm-hmm. then um, we get the, the drumming tag. With Kevin as a sportscaster. Yeah. Indeed. Love that. Indeed. And Love I, that. am I correct in that is the guy from the viral video at the time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't that, know. There, that's I, a video called This Drummer's at the Wrong Wedding or at the Wrong Gig. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a wedding cover band and it's that drummer and he's doing insane uh, stick tricks yeah. and like crazy going wild on just a pretty stand. Everyone else in the band is just like dads <laughs> playing rock. Yeah, like at a wedding, and he's just like like animal back well, on the drums. I mean, I I, I I haven't seen that video in a long time, and I didn't look up to make sure. But yes, I remember that, Alex. I remember that this that this guy's from a viral video, and like I mean, yeah. it, it makes sense because the office really had their finger on the pulse of viral videos. They were always referencing them, mm-hmm. the the lip sync, the um, you know, Niagara Falls, everybody dancing down the aisle to that song, um, Lazy mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, so yeah. yes, really quick. That is the name of the video. Is this drummer is at the wrong gig? Nice, nice. If you want to watch, they also uh, had their own viral video. Their own viral video. Whoa, check this out. When Ryan is being <laughs> yeah. led away in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do like uh, that. That guy is definitely not an actor, and he gets to do his go Eagles. <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He does that. You do that on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I do like, uh, you know, I like that Val is, um, you know, kind of like, yeah, like I like it when it's just you guys playing together. It is really sad when you see Andy, like, just slapping his chest. Body body slaps. Yeah. It's like, that's that's pathetic. But um, I I also, I I wonder if if Robert California's whole thing with this, too, is he's just like, because he says, I miss being in a band. Mm-hmm. And so he must have spent a lot of party, a lot of time partying with a band back in the day. And so I wonder if this, like Robert California, isn't even intentionally or like even really trying to be a dick. He just actually invites his friends because, like, I could see Robert California being the person where he's like, it's like he's quit doing cocaine and he suddenly accidentally, and he's like, oh, oh my god, and then he gets goes back into it where it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god, a band. I'm gonna get my friends. I'm gonna we're gonna do this right now. Yeah, like he's such a kind of hedonist that way it ramps up really fast just really yeah. fast yeah yeah cocaine i uh, was a bad example but i could see that <laughs> yeah i just could see colombian white yeah next time go with like scrapbooking scrapbooking or something pick something from your world, from your world. <laughs> yeah. um the, also the warehouse seems gigantic in this sense. yes it does just like the way they frame it it looks mm-hmm. like a costco or something like, yeah it is it's it seems a little big mm-hmm. um it screws oh. up their cookie cutter world <laughs> I'll also just say too, I kind of wish they'd picked a different genre of music. Like I, I don't know, I, I can't really well, stand like this. Mid, I don't know. It's like it reminds me of the, the Portland Blues Festival, and it's like I don't know. I don't mean to. I don't mean to you're hate not, on the blues. blues. Guy. You don't I'm like not a blues. blues guy. I, I, you know, I like, I like, uh, you know, Daryl. We get to see him write some songs, uh, like for the commercial and things like that. I, I like his style a little bit more than this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's. Uh, but um, I like blues when it's a little more slowed down. I like a little more yeah. slowed down blues. I just generally this song, I like, but yeah, this yeah. song just kind of gets in my head, and I don't really mm-hmm. like it. Anyways, I don't like. I do like Steve Ray Vaughan is like that's some fast, amazing blues where he's just doing pretty standard like blues bars, but his soloing is just ridiculous. So if you do like the music in this episode, check out. Stevie, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan in Live at the Elmo Combo, one of, okay. one of the great all-time uh, live concert DVDs <laughs> that I had in high school. <laughs> um, those are really the the, the two main storylines of this episode. So, I mean, what what now? Let's get into uh, you know overall. What's what are you guys' thoughts? I mean, Alex, do you want to what 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 do you what 
what about this episode leaves a bad taste in your mouth? Why? Uh... It's not that that bad of a taste because it does it does redeem itself by the end. It just spends so much time on this kind of weird uh, issue that's never directly addressed by anyone until the very end of the episode, and uh, it just it just feels like they're it just feels like they're kind of making something out of nothing. It, I don't know. It just yeah. just felt a little hollow. That's all. I mean. Again, it's still really funny, and there's a lot of super funny moments. But just as a, as a plot, as a storyline, I found it pretty weak. And you know, this this didn't have to be drawn out into this whole thing. But you know, whatever. It's a show. I could say that you could say that about dozens of Office episodes. It's a show. <laughs> it's a show, man. It's a show. I think. I think for me, just uh, you know, I always love when you go back and rewatch The Office and you find episodes or, or things that are often referenced or brought up or that are memorable, iconic. For example, in the Michael and Donna arc, we talked about like I am Beyonce always and all these other things that came out of that little run of episodes. And this episode to me is one that has a lot of those. Um, and I've, uh, we've already mentioned the broad face of the brewer, Mike yeah. Tibbetts, like the, yeah. just like a lot of little things that, that, uh, that stand out to me. And I think yeah. for me, like the power of the D- Dwight Pam team up in this episode is so funny that it kind of overwhelms like the rest of um, the conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's a little, it's a little weird. The subject matter in the very beginning, like them commenting um, the way they do, but uh, it just, uh, just Dwight going for Jim's crotch is the, is is worth it. <laughs> yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, very funny episode, uh, if if not a little problematic, but uh, but there you have it. That's uh, Pam's replacement. Um, let's take Wait, a... who's 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 who did, who groped better, Dwight to Jim or Andy to Toby? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, groped you good. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it to Dwight. <laughs> Dwight has the wind-up in the fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need something to grab onto. I mean, we, we see him he use the element of so- surprise. Very soft penis for nothing. <laughs> we see him use the element of surprise during his uh, karate demonstration on himself. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's it. Pam's replacement. We're going to take a brief break, and uh, we'll meet up in the conference room. The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. Today's CFO is critical to the strategy and success of the business. And in growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up. Spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes, errors, and lack of visibility into the numbers. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports. Inventory, e-commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. Insights coming with the click of a button. As our podcast has grown, we've had to start planning it like a business, and having the right tools makes all the difference, and that's where NetSuite comes in. Maybe if the Michael Scott paper company had NetSuite, they wouldn't have had to ask Ty to crunch those numbers again. Crunch. Or maybe if Dunder Mifflin CFO David Wallace had NetSuite, they wouldn't have had to sell the Sabre. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 29,000 growing businesses. Like I told you, the CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. And 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 29,000 businesses already use NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash scott for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash scott, netsuite.com slash scott. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Conference room, 15 minutes. Half an hour. All right? All right. We're going to, uh, I guess we're going to do, we're going to the conference room to do an ordinary things, which is, uh, uh, yeah, a a time when, a, a time when you 
came upon a concert or were, were saw a concert uh, and it overlapped uh, with your life as it did with Robert California. Edwin, you have a you have a story for us. Yeah, so this happened to me a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, when it, when this airs. And uh, as it happened to me, it felt very office-esque. It kind of felt like something that could happen to Michael. Um, so uh, last weekend I was going to – I had a ticket to go see um, – I was going to go to see Joey Dosick uh, at the Troubadour here in L.A. And uh, nice. I'm a big fan of Joey Dosick. He's a great like, singer-songwriter. Oh, he also he's awesome. plays with Wolfpack, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And But I, uh, I, I rolled my ankle pretty badly earlier in the day. And mm-hmm. like I was, I was trying to take care of it so I could go to the show. But uh, I was having a hard time kind of standing, you know, which is, which is kind of what you do at concerts. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, man, am I even going to go? Like I was – I was really debating like I you know I paid the ticket I wanted to go and I really wanted to go to the Troubadour like that's a venue that I've mm-hmm. always wanted to go to that blue neon sign is pretty iconic so um I, I debated for a while and then I decided all right and I had never been there so um I didn't know if there was seating so I decided to go kind of later in the show and try to last as long as I could yeah you know? so uh I got uh I got a lift and I went to the venue and it turns out there is seating in the balcony, but I got there too late. It was super full. And I was going to try to go as long as I can, I could, which was a lot shorter than I anticipated. So <laughs> I lasted about like 20 minutes and oh, I was just man. like, I can't do it. But uh, even, even uh, in between openers, like nobody moved out of seats. I was like, I just, I gotta, I can't do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, and I went outside, I was kind of frustrated, you know, cause I really wanted to see the show. And so I called another lift to go home. And while I was waiting there, it was supposed to be like 15 minutes away. And then I got a notification that like, Hey, we found you a closer driver and he's pulling up right now. So I went over and it was the same driver that I had like 15 <laughs> minutes ago. So, <laughs> so he's like, you what? just dropped me off. You yeah. Just dropped me off. Oh, and I was like, Hey man, remember me? <laughs> and like, that I don't, it's crazy. And I don't live like very close to the Troubadour either. Like it was kind of a long ride. So Yeah. Like, he had just dropped me off, and then, like, 15 minutes later, he brought me back. <laughs> and it was just, like, it felt very uh, Michael Scott-esque to just have the same guy, mm-hmm. you know. And he did. I could totally see that being like. I'm sure he didn't say nothing. No, he didn't. It was the same. It was really, really funny. It was just the same guy. Yeah. That's like when we were in Kentucky for Hartmeyer's wedding. I feel like we had to Uber everywhere. And it'd be like we'd Uber from the hotel down the street to the chicken restaurant and then Uber back from the chicken restaurant to the hotel. It's like we just kept getting the same friggin' guy. And he <laughs> never com he never commented on it. We'd just be like, Hey again. He's <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> did we I, I wonder if we told this story on the show. Maybe we did. But when we were on our way back from um one of the events at the wedding we were talking, and our Uber driver said, "You all sound like NPR people to me." Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <NPR> host, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, yeah. nailed us. But yeah, that was the story. I, it, I don't know. Maybe it's nothing, but uh, it was just—it was hilarious in the moment. I, I, I went from being frustrated to laughing very, very quickly. So yeah, yeah. Oh well, that's great. Well, hey, let's uh, let's wrap this up with a little uh, listener-provided trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. Uh, Okay, this week's trivia comes to us from Jasmine. Hey, guys, love, love, love everything about your podcast. Every episode makes me want to watch The Office immediately after, again and again, and then all day the next day. That's nice. You three perfectly capture the fandom surrounding the show. The Office is the only reason I have Peacock, and I am perfectly okay with that. (laughs) Much like Michael deciding to purchase a second phone and phone plan for all of his photos of his kids. Totally worth it. Uh, thank you again for all your time and sacrifice to produce the podcast. Your efforts do not go unnoticed. That's so nice. Really nice. Thank you, thank Jasmine. You. Yeah. Really Aww. nice. Uh, sincerely, Jasmine, a.k.a. Jasmine Winsong. Uh, <laughs> 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 love it. Okay. So, guys, uh, Jasmine has prepared a great trivia for today. This is facts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Facts. <clears throat> facts. <clears throat> Facts based on education from the office. Concept is your only form of education is now based on only things that you've learned from watching the office. So you have to answer Hmm. in a way that matches a particular quote or scene source. The answers might be accurate to real life and sometimes not. So, okay. I think, okay. So, so we, 
so I have the the answers to these questions. I also have who said them and uh, the episodes that they're from. Um, but uh, first question is, where are terrorists sent? Where are terrorists sent? Can we get a... What's what? Where? When do we learn this? In season six, episode twenty-six, whistleblower. Oh. No, well, it's. I think it's Michael. Like he means to. I yes, means to say yes. like Guantanamo Bay, right? But yes, I don't remember what he right. says. Oh, oh, Montego Bay. Montego, Montego Bay. Oh, okay. I, I was like, I don't I understand this we format. We send him like, to Montego okay, Bay. Okay, okay. I, I, That's I, another I, I a understand. classic. Okay. Alex, Alex to Edwin set spike right there. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Now, now you're now you're with it. Now yeah, you're okay. with it. Sometimes they'll be real, sometimes they won't, but it's just depending. It's a fact from the show. Got it. Who was the first president of the United States? Uh, Abraham Lincoln? I don't know. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. A- okay. Abraham Lincoln. This is Lincoln. hard to like, think. Uh, yeah, what's yeah. The wrong Mike, Michael says it in, season says si- it? Uh, in oh, the new leads, uh, episode trivia. 20 from season six. Okay. Okay. How far away is the sun from the earth? Uh, 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 93 million miles. That's correct. Andy <laughs> says that in Search Committee Part 2. Was Benjamin Franklin nearsighted or farsighted? Both. That's Both. why I invented That's the bifocals. The bifocals. That's correct. And that is according to Ben Franklin from Ben Franklin. Andy Daly. <laughs> who, God, I love Andy Daly. Uh, who came over on the Mayflower? Also from Ben Franklin. According to Michael. He probably thought Abraham British? Lincoln. I don't know. Uh, the Founding Fathers. Okay. The oh, founding okay. Fathers. When the Founding Fathers came over on the Mayflower. Got it. Um, <laughs> according uh, to 2008 data, what other country is compared to the U.S. in regards to the amount of cities each country has with one million citizens? And what were those stats? China. 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 China's with, got like 20... 25, 30 cities or something like that? America has nine. That's right, yes. Uh, 56 cities consisting of of over 1 million citizens, and the U.S. has nine. Uh, What did Lincoln famously say to the seceding states? Oh, if you are a racist, then I will attack you with the north. I'll attack you with the north. Of course, that's from Michael Diversity Day. Early office. Uh, What is the state motto and nickname for Colorado? Sunshine State. (laughs) Don't mess with Colorado. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's from Training Day. That's both Michael and D'Angelo. Takes Florida and Texas, turns them into Colorado. (laughs) Sunshine State. Sunshine State. Don't mess with with Colorado. (laughs) Uh, Skiing? (laughs) Everyone I know who skis is dead. (laughs) What homestead became known for pacifist delicate dandies and dreamers to take refuge during times of war. Shrewd Farms, you say? Shrewd Farms, that's right. That's a colorful little chapter of the Civil War. Yeah, and that's not even according to Dwight. That's according to the Gettysburg Visitor Center. (laughs) Uh, uh, For 20 years, who was the most trusted man in America? Walter Cronkite. That's correct, according Mm. to Oscar from Roy's Wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, what is the official medical term for erectile dysfunction? Reptile dysfunction. No. That's that's good, but it's no. Reptile. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was it for sure. Who's, who who is this a Michael or like a This is uh this is according says... to Aaron. Oh, oh. it's penile something. P- yes. <laughs> It's, is it's it like pe- pe- penile, go- like like soft something? Yes, it's penile softiosis. <laughs> of course, another great is- uh, blooper from season eight is just Dwight saying to Aaron in the stairwell, "He goes Washington Monument," and then they break. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> not me, <laughs> Washington Monument. Uh, it makes yeah. me think of spontaneous dental hydroplosion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hot dog fingers. <laughs> Uh, well, there you have it. Uh, thank you so much, Jasmine, for sending in that trivia. That was great. If you have trivia you would like to send to us or any way, anything that you want to send to us, the best way to get a hold of us 
is to email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. And you can also call us and leave us a message. That's 503-694-9314. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We've got a website, michaelscottpod.com. And uh, we have our store, mspcstore.com, which is going to close at the end of June. So please go check that out if you want to get some merch. Mm. Uh, we are... Um, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. This is a, a, an awesome way to get more content. If you like the show, if you want to support us, uh, join us on Patreon, become a Scott's Tot. You're going to get a bonus mailbag episode every month. You're going to get uh, main feed uh, ad-free episodes. Uh, you'll get our season two um, Ted Lasso podcast, and we are excited to uh, be working on some more stuff like that coming up soon. Um, so check us out on there. We use a portion of those funds to donate to the Third Good Marshall College Fund. Uh, so very special thanks to our Scott's Tots. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who designs all of our artwork. Uh, and this episode, of course, was recorded over video chat. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us for a little while. Thanks for spending time uh, while, we, while we go back and talk about The Office once again every single week. Uh, it's a joy to do, and uh, the you guys, the listeners, are the ones that make it happen. So uh, just thank you for listening and supporting us. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Uh, take care. Stay safe. See you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the sovereign. Yes, yes sir. sir. Hey, CC toothbrush. Nice scatting, man. Thank you. I think I said dupe instead of boop at one point. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.